I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the back. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member of MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. He's reeling in those big fish. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Fish. Why are we talking about fish? Um, not fish. The big fish. <laughs> you know who's not reeling in the big fish? <laughs> Magic Johnson. <laughs> We talked about Let, not doing this on the podcast. Let's go, Hawks. Man, what what a great performance. I mean, that was a stellar performance by LeBron, the Lakers. Incredible. Incredible. How you feeling, Nick? I'm not giving I'm not giving the Mavs fans the satisfaction of hearing me be upset. <laughs> uh, I think it's quite funny because LeBron I know and if, the Lakers, miss the, if to... the Lakers miss the playoffs, this podcast may break up because of the, the mean things you're going to say to me. Listen, Nick knows the tweets that I'm setting on. If oh the Lakers miss the playoffs, I'm waiting. I'm, I'm they're just in his wait. drafts already. They're, they're there. I'm waiting. I'm excited uh, for LeBron uh, to miss the playoffs in his first year in the Western conference. So, but anyway, I still think the Lakers will make the playoffs by the way. But I, I'm still like, I'm just putting some drafts in there. You know, it's like a Patriot Super Bowl. You just got to keep it close till the end. <laughs> um, man, what what a past few weeks for your guy LeBron, your boy Magic, what Rich Paul, what we haven't really talked about the whole saga and Rich Paul and everything. I don't even know where to start because I, I I do want us to talk about some. What is Magic like? What does Magic think that nobody the rules don't apply to him? Is that yes. like his thing? Yeah, he does. He thinks that they don't apply to him because for forever he was the superstar. He was the guy. He's a legend. He's literally a cartoon character come to life, and he thinks that a lot of the rules don't apply, or he doesn't care about the rules. Also, you're gonna find Magic Johnson, you know, twenty five thousand dollars, fifty thousand dollars, a hundred thousand dollars. He does not care. No. He doesn't care one bit. It's also not even his money. It's the Lakers' money. <laughs> I will say, man, I... Jeannie Buss had, cares. The, the owner of the Lakers, Jeannie Buss, she does care. He Magic does not care. Um, I give Elton Brand and Dell Demps hats off to you guys because... Okay, let's go in reverse. The Ben Simmons thing. When Elton Brand them went, went on the radio and said Rob Palinka called and asking permission for them. I'm like, hold up. That should have been Rich Paul. That should have been Ben Simmons going to his GM asking for permission. What are yeah. the Lakers doing calling them for permission? That was and very weird. I'm like, if, and Magic bringing it up in his press conference, like, what? Have have they not learned their lesson? Like, how weird that is? And uh, He got anyway. fined He got fined for saying he hopes he, he likes Giannis, and he hopes that Giannis brings a championship to the Bucks. He got fined for that. So now he's talking about a player literally contacting him. I, it didn't make any sense to me. I did not understand it. Oh, what do you get from that? What do you gain from this? Nothing. You you gain nothing. And I I think it's 
I do. Obviously, I didn't want Anthony Davis to go to the Lakers, and I I thought it was hilarious that the Pelicans uh, held their cards and they just, just stood their ground and said, you know what, we're not going to even play this game with you. And no, 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 no. They did play the game, and they leaked they leaked the the offers, and they made sure oh, which was great. Oh. <laughs> Went for not. They just let the Lakers, and they sabotaged the Lakers' young guys. Apparently, according to Brian Windhorst, because <laughs> oh I don't like. I'm all for player empowerment and stuff like that. Like in them making their money and them wanting to play where they're yeah. where they want. That I, yeah, they should have that right. And yep. the whole conversation Agreed. of hey, these guys are we doing enough? They're turning down money now to leave markets and smaller yeah. markets and all this stuff like. Listen, I mean, you're you're getting basically seven to eight years. After seven to eight years, they like they should have a right or be able to hit free agency or whatever it is. Like, so I here's the thing: what Anthony Davis did or him wanting out of New Orleans, I don't hold that against him. How he did the whole thing and then them how like this whole situation afterwards, like. You dove into the messy situation and the mess, so you need to accept what comes with that. Yeah. And for for the most part, what I've seen, he, he's not like complaining about it. But you, yeah, I mean, Rich Paul obviously convinced him, hey, I can get you to the Lakers before the trade deadline. Basically, fire your agent, come, you know, sign me. I'll get you. Now it's going to get ugly, and I'll make it ugly, but I'll get you to the Lakers before the deadline, and you're going to play with LeBron. Blah blah blah. And now it's all backfired, and and it's not like there's gonna be droves of Pelicans fans that are gonna come at you afterwards. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's not even droves of fans that go to the games. Um, Mar- okay, well, I wonder what their sellout streak is. Zero? Do they sell out? It's not like the Mavericks. Is that <laughs> arcade? Is that an arcade pitch we're doing later? Yeah, of course it is. They have a streak of like under ten thousand fans. With <laughs> streak, a streak. Of- <laughs> Did you not? Uh, did you not find it a coincidence, or I, I find it kind of funny when Markeith Morris, Markeith Morris gets traded to the Pelicans. <laughs> yeah. Immediately he gets Who's traded to the Pelicans. A clutch he, client. A, a clutch client. Chris Haynes tweets out, <laughs> Markeith Morris is going to need a second opinion yeah, on his neck. Uh, blah, all this stuff. <laughs> they like a week later or a few days later, Pelicans wave him. He's a free agent. Chris Haynes tweets out literally like two days ago. Markeith Morris has been cleared to play. And it's available, and other teams are interested in stuff. Wow, what a coincidence that the clutch guy uh, was like, you know what, I might need a second opinion on something, but now I'm a free agent. I'm clear, I can play. Uh, It's just, uh, yeah, I'm all about player empowerment, but it seems like, and of course we're not like all into that, um, the insider and all that stuff, but it just seems like Rich Paul feels like he's like the king and feels like he can run anything right now maybe not the king and, but the king maker you know he feel he feels like he's the guy that can move the pawns around you know and make stuff happen and he's the guy kind of behind the scenes. lebron is the face obviously but the rich paul is the guy behind the scenes making stuff happen yeah and so like and once again i'm all about anthony davis if he wants to leave but you there is a way to go about it there is a professional way to go about it there yeah and yeah so anyway, I just think I think it's hilarious that it's coming back to bite the Lakers and all because they are obviously involved in the whole thing too. So I think it's fine for players to ask for trades like Anthony Davis did, but once, like you were saying, once the trade deadline goes and they can't find a trade for you that they like, 
you got to, I mean, it's that's it. You're still under contract. He's still under contract the rest of this year and next year. You know, yep. it's not like he's going to be a free agent. So the guys that are going to be, you know, in this pre-agency that we talked about, that we've talked about before that I think Bill Simmons coined is when they're going to be a free agent this summer, they say, hey, I'm not going to re-sign. If you want to tr- trade me to somewhere else and get something for me, go ahead because I'm not going to re-sign. But Anthony Davis doesn't even have that. I mean, he's he has that not next year, the year after that. <laughs> it's pretty wild. It's, it's kind of like these NFL players that do holdouts, and they're like two years out from free agency, yeah. and they're like holding out for a new contract or three years well, out. Something like Le'Veon that. Bell like, just didn't play the entire NFL season because he's going to be a free agent this summer and didn't want to mess it up, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Imagine. It, I, mean, I mean, that's he's pretty similar to Anthony Davis, right? I mean, he's not one of the best players in the NFL, but he's one of the best running backs, so at least at one yeah. position. It's kind of hard to c- compare literal – NFL players because the positions are so like they're like they're you can be the best player at your position that doesn't mean you're the best player in the NFL and it's really hard to compare positions yeah the problem is Pat McCall thought he was Le'Veon Bell <laughs> Marquise Chris <laughs> yeah and was like hey I'm gonna hold out for a bigger contract and like you suck bro but with Anthony Davis yeah there it's just a way to go about it and he chose or he let Rich Paul make it ugly and now it's going to be kind of ugly on him, and this is going to draw out for so long. I know. And there's a really good chance that he's not going to be a Laker, probably. Uh, somebody yeah, not, ne- not this year, obviously. Maybe not next year. And then if he's a free agent, then all of a sudden you have LeBron, who's going to be, what, 37, 36? Yeah. And, yeah. So, anyway. Anyway, so this whole player empowerment thing that we've been talking about and this free agency and, and changing teams and – why you'd want to go to a different team and, and you know, the behind the scenes stuff leads us to our bigger conversation today. And that's is Kevin Durant a, well, I guess the, the question would be, should be flipped. Are the Mavericks a potential landing spot for Kevin Durant? Because all of a sudden from, you know, two years ago, the Mavericks were a landing spot for no one. <laughs> they couldn't get anybody, no free agents. And now all of a sudden, two years later, the Mavericks had now become this, insane destination of stability in the front office stability with the coach stability with the owner which we i didn't i didn't think we would talk about stability with an owner with mark cuban but here we are here we are there is stability there um we're also we're not going to talk about the you know any of the the you know the investigation on the Mavericks business side or anything like that. We're just going to talk about the basketball side of it. Um, that stuff could come into play. I think with Kevin Durant, um, if he considers that kind of stuff, he is a guy that thinks about business and wants to do other things. And, um, maybe that's a black mark on the, the Mavericks as far as how players view it. I'm not sure it is or not, but we're not going to talk about that too much. I did want to mention it though, but we wanted to have this whole conversation early and, and talk about it, and get it out there. Uh, because we think that it could be a possibility, and I think that not that it's just a possibility, but we think the Mavericks are going to try and go for it. Yeah, I mean it's obviously a conversation right now. We we like to pull out some of these topics for podcasts on these off days about what the fans are talking about, and one of the biggest things what we get tweets the most at about right now our are salads. free agents, <laughs> our salads. Um, shout out to everybody that reached out, DMs and tweets and everything about salads. Uh, a lot of cranberry fans. Yeah, but <laughs> it'll change your uh, life. Um, <laughs> uh, but but Dallas obviously traded off Harrison Barnes, and the moment they 
traded Harrison Barnes for basically cap space. No shade to Justin Jackson, but wow. to caps to for cap space this summer that immediately raised everyone's eyebrows in Dallas and said, "Oh my gosh!" Like now they're back players in free agency. And I know a lot of there are a lot of Mavs fans that are being really negative about it and say, "Who cares? Why we even open up this cap space? We suck at bringing free agents." We've never had Luca and Kristaps Porzingis, so that's a little that's a little different, and that's what that's why we're gonna operate with that today. Yeah, hey, the Mavericks used to suck at drafting too. <laughs> Remember all the time people were saying the Mavericks they don't even use draft picks. Why would they even you know blah blah blah? We drafted these terrible guys, you know all this stuff, and now all of a sudden you have Luca and Jalen Brunson. Don't forget about Jalen Brunson. That guy should have been yeah. a first round pick, and they got him in this you know early in the second round, and now all of a sudden. The tides have just completely changed for this team. And so yeah, we want to talk about it. So, so let's take a quick break. And when we come back, let's discuss the Mavericks as a landing spot for Kevin Durant and why they could be appealing. All right, Isaac. So we talked about the stability in the front office, the ownership, the coach. Rick Carlisle is not really going anywhere, we don't think. Um, there was Can we some, talk about Kevin Durant, like his options? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about the, his options and then the Mavericks. Let's talk about the Mavericks as an option first. I think. Okay, okay. So so you got first off you got to think about where where Durant's at. Yeah. And do we think that Kevin Durant will be a Maverick? The the possibilities are super low, but this podcast is dedicated towards this because we wouldn't even discuss it if there's zero possibility. And yeah. um just talking with just different people and stuff, I feel uh, there is a sense that Dallas is Donnie Nelson even said uh, we like stars, and there is a sense that they are viewing this as a time of things are different. We have the money. Why not shoot for the big guys once again? And so the biggest guy on the market this summer will be Kevin Durant. So if you if you if you think about Kevin Durant, where he's at, he's probably going to be coming off his third title in Golden State. And everybody that covers the Warriors and everybody keeps on saying he's just not satisfied in Golden State. And if he decides to leave, so we're not even going to really compare the Mavericks to Golden State because it's really simple. If he wants to keep winning titles, he just stays in Golden State and they win a couple more probably. And yeah. they could go down as the greatest dynasty franchise team of all time. Because uh, there's since the Celtics in you know with Bill Russell's Celtics, no team has won four in a row. And that's a, that's, that's a crazy. thing. That's a thing that I think that they might if they win this year then they might all of a sudden look at that and be like, hey, let's try to run this back one more time because we still have Draymond under contract. We can get Clay and KD and under contract maybe for one year for KD and then a long-term deal for Clay and try to go for it again because that's something that not many teams have done. Uh, there's only been one. And when Bill Russell did it, there was less than 15 teams in the league. So... Yeah, and, and that's where, you know, we're assuming that Durant's going to win his third and he's going to say, you know what, I'm uh, I'm kind of done with the super team in Golden State. I want to go find uh, a new team. So when you look across the board at some of these other teams, I, I just don't see him going to Brooklyn. I, he could. I mean, basketball fit, they, they could obviously use him. They have a bunch of intriguing young pieces. Doesn't Brooklyn seem like the new Chicago? Remember when Chicago was always the landing spot for like a Carmelo or LeBron? Or, hey, if you want a basketball fit, you go play with you know Noah and Lou Aldang and Taj Gibson and Derrick Rose, yeah. and you go play with those guys. It seems like New York, like the, the Nets are kind of that team now. Well, they're kind of like the Clippers, where it's like, oh, you're the you're second behind the Knicks and Lakers. Like, yeah, no yeah. matter wins or not, I know the wins play into the Lakers Clipper thing, but like, 
Knicks have everything, Madison Square Garden, all that stuff. But we'll talk about that in a second. So what what would Dallas have to pitch against these other guys? Because they're going to listen. I mean, Durant is going to look at the Knicks. He's going to – the Clippers have a really, really intriguing situation with cap space and guys and, like, plans and all this stuff. The Clippers, uh, the Knicks, the Lakers, all that stuff. And then Dallas comes in with this with this cap space. What does Dallas have to offer that the others don't? Or what would be their main pitch to the other teams? It obviously starts with money will not be an issue. He's going to come in and be making $37 million basically that first year. So everybody's going to have that money. So it's not, going to, it's not about money. Dallas can create it. It'll be fine. We'll talk about how Dallas can create it towards the end of this pod. It obviously starts with Luka and Porzingis. You look across the board, the Knicks, Clippers, Lakers. Neither of those three teams have any young core like Luka and Porzingis. If you go to Durant and you you make your pitch to him of saying, listen, you can come here and it won't be a complete rebuild. You can come here. You're 30 years old right now, okay? You can come here and your two running mates is arguably... (laughs) Arguably one one of, if not the best rookie NBA player of all time. Since like the, the, at least the best rookie since you, <laughs> Kevin Durant. Yeah, and since yeah, since Durant, and I mean he is way ahead of his time. Obviously, people across the league, and then Porzingis and him coming back. Luca nineteen, Porzingis twenty three. Like, listen, you're thirty. You know what you don't want to be? You don't want to be LeBron searching for your next young star to carry you when it comes to your team and success and all that stuff, because that's what LeBron's looking for right now. He's, you know, in his 16th season saying, where's my next Anthony Davis? Where's my next young superstar that can carry me at the end of my career? Because I can't do it on his own, no matter how great he is. And it's not, I'm not taking a a buy a shot at LeBron. He's getting older. It's part of it. Durant's 30. He's in his prime. It's not like he's getting super old, but you're pitched him as saying, we have Luca and we have Porzingis. You would come in and like this, you three, I mean, that could be something special for the next five to seven years that 20, could be Isaac, in 20. They want to stay together for 20 years. Well, at that point, Durant would be 50. So <laughs> he's still balling, man. He'd still be <laughs> balling. Tough. And that, that would be obviously everything. That would be your main pitch to him is these other teams don't have these young stars, not just young prospects. Like they're not a Kevin Knox. They're not a SGA. We love SGA and, and yeah. for the Clippers. They're not SGA. They're not even the young guys for the Clippers. Like we're talking all-stars like Luca almost made the all-star team this year. Porzingis was an all-star, you know, not too long ago. So like those guys, these are all-star players that are un 23 and under that you can come and join and be you with these guys. So that the pitch from Dallas starts with Luca and Porzingis that the other three teams don't have at all. Completely. So the other teams you're talking about with the Clippers and the Knicks, you're talking about the potential of Kevin Durant bringing somebody with him. The, the Mavericks already have those two guys. So it's kind of up to him. If he can convince, you know, like a Kyrie or a Kawhi to go with him to the Clippers or the Knicks or something like that, maybe that's more appealing to him. And, and by and large, we believe that that's probably, you know, if he decides to go, then he'll probably try to do something like that. 
But yeah, if if he can't, if all of a sudden you know the Celtics make a run, or you know the the Raptors make a run, and the guys are starting to have cold feet, and they're saying, "Hey, you know what? I kind of like my situation here. I got some good teammates, and all of a sudden I like playing with Marcus Saul, <laughs> and uh, I think that this Raptors situation is good for me. I think the Celtics situation is good for me now because Kyrie, I think, changes his opinion every other week. <laughs> it feels like. Well, I mean, what if they pull if they pull off the Anthony Davis trade? And let's if say, the let's do. Yeah, let yeah. let's say if you're if you really want to buy into this possibility of Durant and to Dallas, that you want the Celtics to make a run and them make a trade for AD, and they figure out some way for Anthony Davis and Kyrie to work in Boston. Because if the Celtics make a, a trade for KD, that means that Kyrie is staying. Why would you Why would you make that trade for for Anthony Davis if you're you know Kyrie's not staying there? Because then all of a sudden you're just you know. They have more than what the Pelicans would have, but it's not, you know, the best situation anymore. I mean, exactly. your, team, your team would get better, I guess, but if you lose Kyrie, you're probably also losing Tatum, and you get Anthony Davis. Your team is just weird at that point. Just very weird. Yeah, and then you would uh, you would want Kawhi to re-up in Toronto uh, because there is the, you know, like, even if he goes to the Clippers, and even though it'd be kind of weird if Durant went to be a Clipper and LeBron's LA and, like, all this stuff, it'd be kind of in his shadow and all that. Still, it would be super appealing uh, to go to L.A. to play with Kawhi Leonard. Uh, and so, like, if if Kawhi stays in Toronto and KD and Kyrie are in Boston, then he's looking at his options of saying, okay, I could go to the Clippers by myself. I could go to the Knicks by myself. Yeah. Or go to the Knicks with, like, Kemba or something like that. Like you, So, that point, Jimmy I Butler. feel like... Yeah, Jimmy Butler or, you know, stay with the Warriors, all that stuff. But let's look at some other things. Jim Do- or <laughs> Jim Dolan, James Dolan, um, yeah. If you want to go play with that for that, okay. We're putting our ten full hats on. Obviously, we're making our pitch for Durant Dallas. But when it comes to innovation and stuff, you can't make the Cuban argument against Balmer. I feel like they're pretty. You know, they're both pretty advanced, pretty hands on as yeah. far as they're gonna they're gonna be all about helping their players and find like yes, like. Cuban and what to invest in and just being all that stuff. Complete difference between Cuban and Balmer and then James Dolan. Um, I'll I'll give the, uh, (laughs) yes, I'll give Cuban the head nod on that. One of them spends its time, his time on a, a TV show making, you know, investors and making, investing in new products and making the uh, dreams of, of hundreds of American citizens come true every single week on shark tank. And the other one, um, he spends most of his time in a, uh, in indie band. So (laughs) yeah, called JD and the straight shot, by the way, if you have not seen James Dolan, the owner of the Knicks, in his band. I, I recently randomly watched a couple of their music videos the other day, and it is just one of the weirdest things. It, it really does feel like <laughs> when you're in high school and you're like, man, I want to be in a band. Or if you're in college, you're like, I just want to be in a band. And you have enough money to make yourself be in a band, and then you are in a band with music, like real music videos and playing in real venues and stuff. It is just very odd. James Dolan's very odd. It's um, JD in the straight shot. That's That's so- what you should Google or look up on YouTube. So I'd give Cuban the nod over James Nolan for sure. Yeah. Then you're looking at, hey, when's the last time the Knicks or Clippers won a championship? You know who's won a championship um, this decade? 
the Dallas Mavericks. Um, we have an organization. We have a front office stuff that put together a team, not just a team of, hey, we, we didn't put a, a team of a uh, super team together. We know how to find the right pieces to fit on a championship team around a star, around two stars, whatever it is. So they have that going for them above the other uh, above the other two franchises. Look at the international. I mean, not that K- KD is his own brand. He's his brand's bigger than you know any. It's worldwide, but it wouldn't hurt your brand when you come and play alongside the what is I mean growing now and will quickly be possibly the biggest international star in Luka Doncic and. That only helps your brand when you're playing. I mean, we we joke and in, in the the smallest sense, we see how many how many crazy amount of people that listen from Slovenia uh, on this podcast because Luca got drafted and how much our how much our downloads have went up since Luca <laughs> you know took you know came to Dallas yeah, and we took love our you guys. stuff. Thank <laughs> <you>. <laughs> yeah, and so so it's like Luca Porzingis. The international scene for the Mavericks is crazy. Like uh, Windhorse and them are talking the other day about how the new owner uh, for the Nets is from China and how that could be a big pitch for the Nets of saying, hey, the Chinese market for you know the Nets is about to grow tremendously. So that's a smaller thing. He does have a Texas connection. Ooh. Well, I would say he went to he went to he went college to Texas, here in, yeah. in Austin. He just recently donated three million dollars for their new facility, and he loved his time at Texas. If you've ever listened yes. to him on Bill Simmons' podcast, he loved that year at Texas that he went there. Um, we got we got to take another break, and then when we come back, we'll uh, we'll discuss more on Kevin Durant with the Mavericks and why there could be a potential issue with Kevin Durant and the Mavericks. All right, Isaac, before you get to the rest of this pitch, there's there's one small issue I have with this. I don't know. So we talked about how Mark Cuban is a better owner than James Dolan. That's that's not something we can dispute. If, if uh, you're going to bring up the, like, the playoff comment. He called Mark Cuban an idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I three, mean, obviously we're three, glossing over this. Three years ago. Um, I don't know if he forgets that. And maybe just the whole thing with, with – so context, if you guys weren't paying attention to the NBA or if you don't know what we're talking about. The Mavericks were playing the Thunder in the 2016 playoffs. There was um, – Mark Cuban used to do his media availability before every single game. He would be on the Stairmaster, and he would be you know trudging up those stairs on the Stairmaster, and he'd be sweating on reporters, and people would just be asking him all kinds of random questions. And in 2016, he before Russ won an MVP, he had this weird obsession with saying that Russell Westbrook wasn't a superstar. He just kept mm-hmm. saying it. This is this opinion that he just that Mark Cuban just had, and he kept saying it over and over again. It, it, it he almost tried to find ways to say it. Right? <laughs> Didn't kind of it's kind of seemed weird the way it, it came up, but he he said that that OKC only had one superstar at the time. Back when Kevin Durant was on the Thunder and Russell Westbrook was obviously still on the Thunder, and when he said that, a reporter after a game asked him about it. And he asked Russell Westbrook about it. He said, Mark Cuban, you know, believes that Kevin Durant is the only superstar on this team. What do you have to say? And Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook were both doing a press conference together, which they used to do all the time. And Kevin Durant leaned over, put his hand over Russell Westbrook's microphone and said, he's an idiot. That's all I have to say. He's an idiot. And then just, and just went on um, and kept and saying it again. And then they talked about Charlie Villanueva and all messing up his dance and all this stuff. And he said, he's an idiot too, which I thought was kind of funny. I forgot about that part. <laughs> I went back and watched it. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. So that's well, a, that's the story. Who knows? We have if, our tinfoil hats on, Nick. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah, who knows? if? Well, that's part of my tinfoil hat is he still thinks Mark Cuban's an idiot. <laughs> um, uh, so I don't, know, I don't know if that's still part of it, but I think that that did need to be mentioned that that was a thing. And who knows if it was just, you know, making fun of his comments or whatever. But Smaller thing, Texas taxes over New York. I just no, no, no. Out. no in-state taxes for Texas. Yeah, well, yeah, no state like, taxes compared to New York. We um, I said in-state like a, it's a college. <laughs> Bobby Marks uh, had a thing about DeAndre and the irony of when DeAndre took a little bit less money to come to Dallas because the taxes were different in Texas. You know, there's no there's no taxes with that. And then he goes to New York and it's one of the highest <laughs> highest taxed uh, states. Well, he in, played in he the, played a bunch of games in Dallas. They have to pay taxes for every single place that they make money. And so for every single game, this is on a JJ Reddick podcast, which I found fascinating. They have to file for every single place that they played. So he played a bunch of games in Dallas. So he got he got yeah. that I think back. But but still, in the long run, that you would make a little bit more money in Dallas. And then uh, we joked about this, and we're not going to go too hard into this. But um, Durant's not the biggest fan of the media. I don't. That might be breaking news. I don't know if people <laughs> didn't know that. Throw up, Isaac. Throw um, up. <laughs> uh, and you know what? Uh, the media would treat him quite well in Dallas <laughs> compared to New York and possibly L.A. So we don't have a super harsh Dallas media scene. So uh, I think there's more media people trying to be their friends instead of being harsh. And so, I feel like uh, less media people would fo- like, there's so many media people out in golden state. It seems like every day the, the you know ESPN and the athletic are saying, Hey, we have this new warriors beat writer. You know, it just yeah. seems like somebody pops up every day. That's a big name, but I don't think that would happen if he just went to Dallas by himself. You know, it wouldn't be as big of a circus if there was him with Luca and Porzingis than if it's, you know, Kevin Durant with four all stars over there. Yeah. So so let's talk let's talk about basketball fit and Ooh. like as far as who um who would be around him, stuff like that. Something to keep in mind too. Luca is still on his rookie contract. Yep. The last year of rookie, uh, the last year of Luca's rookie deal, Tim Hardaway Jr. will be off the books. So that will be a year that you're like, wow, like Luca's still super cheap. Hardaway's number at his nineteen twenty million will be off the books at that point. And you know, obviously, there's some players they could sign in between there, but that's something to keep in mind because he could look at that and be like, man, this is we've joked about the Jared Goff situation of using a guy on his rookie contract and spending money elsewhere uh, around your star in that. Um, but what, what could Dallas do a, along uh, around the roster with them? What would be, uh, can we talk about a, a dream scenario, an ideal scenario? We're talking, or, about, ju- we're talking about just this year coming into yes this summer what what would be the thing because when you pitch durant it wouldn't just be about hey where you can join luca and porzingis but not only luca and porzingis but we have a we have a plan and we have a method to put more people around you guys and where the luca and and these past trades over the past few weeks have created this trade exception there's some there's some names there's some things to throw out so for instance you have Dwight Powell that is going to accept, uh, it will most likely accept his player option. The deal on that player option or the date on that player option uh, is is June 29th. And 
<clears throat> June 29th, which is right before free agency, he has to accept that option. He'll be making $10, $10 million. So good for him. And his, they have around family they, and his dog if he has one or if he doesn't or we're not sure. The dog reporter. Uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna call it Bryce the dog whisperer. And so pretty much Dallas is at 30 million. If they want to create the space for to bring Duran at 37, they need to either try to unload Courtney Lee or Dwight Powell, or they need to stretch them. So here's my order of events. They could here's, also move Tim Hardaway Jr. too. They could do other things, but these are a little more feasible. That they yes, do. easier type of uh, things. So here's my order of events. That we're saying, hey, if Durant's willing to come, what's the perfect dream scenario you could do? The as soon as free agency starts, you go out and you stretch Dwight Powell, and you stretch his ten million dollars over three years. So you take his the remaining money on his contract, so that ten million dollars, and you. Stretch it over the three years. So you would be you'd only be paying three million, three million, three million. I was waiting for your joke that you said earlier. Oh, okay. Wait, wait. Say it. Say it again. I'll set it up for you okay. again. So when <laughs> I wasn't soon as soon as do it, because I don't want to. I don't want to interrupt. All right, shh, I got to set it up. <laughs> all right. So as soon as free agency starts, Dwight would be making ten million dollars on expiring contract, and then they would stretch Dwight Powell's ten million dollars over three years. He would finally become the stretch four that Dallas always wanted. <laughs> oh, what a great one. I'm glad we did that. <laughs> so okay, so at that point he'd be you'd be paying Dwight three million dollars, basically a little over three million dollars for the next three years. That would create your thirty seven million, right at thirty seven million. Yeah. At that point you sign Kevin Durant. Then you're right That's at the very tax exciting line. That you just said that. That would be awesome. <laughs> at that point, you sign Kevin Durant. You, you you go over the cap. You're right at the cap line. So then you go over the cap to re-sign Dorian Finney-Smith and Maxi Kleba. So you re-sign both of them. Now you're into the tax. Bam. What are you working with now? You have an expiring contract of Courtney Lee, and you also have this trade exception that is that is available for pretty much a whole year since the time of the, the Barnes-West trades and all that. They can use that now, but the smart thing is to wait until this scenario to use it in the new NBA year. We're not the biggest experts on all this. We know a lot of the cap stuff. I went to like a really nerdy cap camp <laughs> about a lot of this stuff. Um, a trade exception is essentially an IOU. So yeah. a team makes a trade. So the Mavericks made the trade with Harrison Barnes. They sent Harrison Barnes to the, to the Kings, and they bring back the sal- they bring back two salaries of Zach Randolph and Justin Jackson. And their salaries did not equal Harrison Barnes' salary. And no. the Kings are under the cap, so they were able to take on his money. And what the Mavericks did with the extra space that you know they took on with this trade is they made a trade exception with it. And the trade exception was added to from the Borzingis trade as yes. well. They they added the two trade exceptions together. That was that's an option you can do. You kind of they could have opted for like cap space right now, but they combined that like ten million dollars, something around that from from Harrison's to like this another ten or something. So you know, give or take from the Porzingis deal to create this twenty one point three million dollar trade exception, the biggest one in NBA history. It's the biggest one in history. So they have one year to use that exception, and so they can use that exception to bring somebody in into that space. Yes. outside of their like salary cap. So it's it's essentially giving you an extra, extra space to make some kind of move. You can trade for a player. Um, you cannot sign a player into that exception. 
So you go out and say, okay, we have this expiring of Courtney Lee. We have this trade exception. Can we get another player and absorb them into the trade exception? There is one player that we have talked about over the past week or so that <laughs> we think that Dallas will go after very hard this summer, uh, in any you know, whether it's an opt-out of his player option or not, and that's Goran Dragic. And if, if there is a, something in the works – and then it, and it hinges on Dragic picking up his player option, which will be around $19 million for the Heat. That $19 million could go right into the trade exception. So basically they could call Miami and say, we would we will trade you Courtney Lee's expiring contract, which is around $12 million, and two second round picks for Dragic and then one of your long-term contracts, Olenek, Waiters, or James Johnson, one of those guys, because they're not going to just give, they're not just going to send you Dragic uh, for free into that exception. So you basically be saying, Hey, we'll take that. One of those longer contracts of waiters, Atlantic James Johnson will give you that expiring of Courtney Lee to give you that future cap space. It will also create more cap space for them now because they would be dumping the Dragic contract and they would be getting two second round picks. So, for them, it would be like, hey, we're getting off, or we're trading Dragic, but we're getting off one of these longer term contracts and getting a couple picks for it too, and opening up cap space at, for this summer. I could also see the Heat just doing that. We've seen sign and trades that happen. If a player says, hey, I'm I'm probably going to opt out of my deal and go to, in free agency, or I can opt into my deal and you can we can kind of sign and trade with another team. That's happened before, where a, a team obviously didn't get equal value for their player, but they did get something back. I think didn't LeBron, when he went from Cleveland to Miami, he was a sign and trade, right? Something like that. I'm pretty but sure I think he, it was like a, a longer term deal though, or something. He, he and Bosch, I think we're both signed. Well, it's what Dallas was, was communicating with the Clippers this past summer with Deandre having the player option of yeah. this coming up right. here. And they were, they were discussing the West Matthews for Deandre type deal. Deandre opt into the final year. We'll trade you to Dallas. Instead, they elected Deandre opt out of your final year. And we'll just use our cap space to sign you for the same amount that you make in that final year. So LeBron was a signed trade, by the way. He was traded by okay. the Cavs to Miami in 2010 for a second round pick, a second round pick, a 2013 first, a 2016 first. What? Really? <laughs> Who cares? They got LeBron. <laughs> so at that point, Dallas would be looking at a starting lineup of Dragic, Luca, Dorian Finney-Smith, Kevin Durant, and Kristaps Porzingis. Mm. You would I didn't I didn't it's a foregone conclusion I didn't even mention that they would they have the cap hold of Porzingis they would still have the thirty million cap with the cap hold of Porzingis they would just re-sign him to his max contract over the cap because they wouldn't care to pay the tax at that point so then you would still be bringing Tim Hardaway Jr. off the bench in the Jamal Crawford role that you mentioned you would still have uh, Maxi coming off the bench you'd still have Jalen Brunson. Uh, you would then you would still have JJ coming back. You would have then the the Heat contract that you would be getting back in that Dragic deal, whether it's James Johnson or Olenek or James Johnson would be nice. He would be nice or or Deion Waiters. Um, that would not be as nice, and the Kelly Olenek thing would just be hilarious because it would be another white player on the Mavericks. Yes, um, so that <laughs> which I think they already lead the league, right? Uh, probably the white name um, has begun. But but here's the thing. <laughs> 
we mentioned we mentioned Dragic, but there's a bunch of other players that they could look at. Maybe not on Dragic's level, and and we realize, hey, you. A lot of people saying, well, I want a defensive guy alongside Luca. Not Dragic isn't known for defense. Well, it's not the they've played together, so like they they have that chemistry. It's not Dragic isn't a lockdown defender, but some of the other options they could do with it. So there's different players across the league that you can say, what player, what other expiring contracts could we bring into that exception? There's guys like now, remember expiring on next year's salary, not right now. So it'd be in the new year, this summer, who would be an expiring contract. You got guys like Kent Bazemore, Alan Crabb, Michael Kidd, Gilchrist, Marvin Williams, Mason Plumley, um, Jeff Teague is even one, which they probably wouldn't like really dump him. Um, Andre Roberson is kind of, man, that would be a defender, but he just can't shoot worth a lick. But I don't know if OKC, he's just in a weird spot with them right now because he hasn't played forever. He's been hurt. Would they, would they swing for a longer term contract? Would they swing for like an Evan Fournier, uh, for, for Orlando and said, we'll take you into this exception right now. I'm telling you, none of these names are making me real excited. No, no, no. It, but, but there's hardly ever a name that's going to make you super excited going to accept because the purpose of an exception is you don't have to give up anything to get the player. Basically, it's it's basically kind of like a dump. It's basically like, hey, we'll send you a couple second rounders for this guy or uh, something you know cheap because you can absorb that money into it. You're not giving up players in the deal, so you're never going to get somebody like crazy, you know, crazy good in that. Um, T.J. Warren. What if uh, would you would you absorb Evan Turner into that? Mo Harkless, like that's what the that's what that trade exception gives you ability to do. Saying we can go out and get another quality rotation guy yeah. that another team is just trying to get rid of, and that's the flexibility that Dallas has. That's the flexibility. Man, and I and I mentioned uh, I mentioned to Nick. I'm like, man, it would be great if somehow all crap hit the fan in Boston and you could get Marcus Smart in that exception. That would be amazing because he would fit with Luca and all that. But that that's probably not happening. But even if you went out and got hypothetically somebody like Kent Bazemore for nothing, and you brought him into that exception, and you had Kevin Durant and you know and Luca and all these guys, and Bazemore was a bench piece that you just basically get him for free in this like, yeah, in 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 this exception to come off your bench and be a wing player and and something like that. So Dallas has all of this flexibility, and that would be your pitch to Durant of we have the flexibility to do more, but you would be coming in and joining this the next young duo that the NBA will see in Luca and Porzingis and and we have an owner that will pay the tax. Yes, he will not care about any of that. He will pay the tax and everything. And you know what's kind of weird is if you think about Durant and Dallas if he wants to be the guy would he really be the guy? Like would he do, come do in and be over Luca? Do we know if he wants to be the guy though? Yeah, and that's what a lot of people are saying. Uh, that that would be why he would be leaving Gold State because he wants to go be the guy. And yeah. and get it, we didn't we didn't talk about some of these other things. We get the Knicks thing. I still think he'll be a New York Nick. Him and Kyrie Irving. I think yeah, they'll be playing yeah, in New York next year. Um, it does Dallas does American Airlines Center give the same um uh, energy <laughs> as Madison Square Garden? You know, no, but they Madison. sell out just as many games. <laughs> 
uh, New York has that high draft pick with Zion. Whether they keep Zion yeah. or, or you know, I say with Zion. Whether they keep the high draft pick or they go for Anthony Davis, whatever it is, they can bring in one of his buddies and, and all that stuff. I, I get that. But their young pieces are unproven. Uh, the Clippers thing, what's crazy about the Clippers thing is there is a world in which they create two max spots and still have the assets to go chase an Anthony Davis trade. That's the scary thing because they have SGA and Harrell and all these draft picks they just got for still Tobias Harris. And yeah, that they, they could package a deal for AD. Shamit and Jerome Robinson too is young guys yeah. you can just throw into any deal because their numbers are so small. They're cap yeah. number. So like, but but do you want to go to the Clippers and be the um the young brother of the Lakers? Because he, I mean, yeah, you would be forming the super team in front of LeBron's face, but you still have Clippers or across your chest. And and maybe Durant looks at this next thing, and maybe that's why the, the Knicks thing is so appealing. Is they are going to have young guys. They could have this first round pick that could be a Zion or could be you know Cam Reddish and R.J. Barrett, and they have. Dennis and Kevin Knox, and he's looking at these guys saying, I want to be the guy that you know, I kind of want to do what LeBron's doing with the Lakers and build up you know, a young core of, and be, be the mentor instead of just being a guy with other guys. I don't know if, if he thinks about that in his, 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 uh, you know, his career, like the next stage of his career, but that could be appealing as well. And, and mentoring guys that are already successful too. It's the best case scenario of those things. Like the, the Mavericks core of, of Porzingis and Luka is – feet and yards and miles ahead of the Lakers core or and obviously yeah. ahead of the the Knicks core and the the Clippers core too. It is. And that's your yeah, the their cores are unproven in a sense, but the Knicks still have that plus flexibility to um create other things with their, you know, with their players and stuff, but yeah, I mean I that we we think he's the Knicks and there's um we actually have more stuff more reason to believe that outside of just us throwing um throwing that out there or saying that's a, a notion to believe in but yeah it, it dallas's case will it will be all about luca and porzingis and the fact that they can do more that trade exception is huge to bring yeah. in another another player um, there's rules around the trade exception too you can't you can't sign somebody into that trade exception right. people's asked that you can't do that uh, you can break the trade exception up so if like you you can go and um, get like two players on a team that both make 10 million dollars and bring two players into that exception uh, to to add up like you can break the exception up and or you can make one trade that you know brings in a player for like eight and then hold on to that 12 um, so that's the thing they don't have to use it right right away um they could use it they could use it this pat you know they could use that trade exception this this year to get into the draft they could hold on to it they should hold on to it. they probably will until the next year until the summer and free agency and chase somebody like that with it or they can hold on to it until like christmas and try to find a team that's saying you know what we're just trying to get off some of our pieces and here's a player that uh you think is you know that would be valuable on the mavericks and all that stuff so Durant, if Durant's looking at it and saying, man, I want to, I think the biggest thing to it is even if you want to attach yourself to Kyrie, there is injury history with Kyrie. Uh, Kyrie isn't 19 or 20 years old. Even if you want to go to the Clippers, um, there's a little bit of inter- injury history with Kawhi and Anthony Davis and, and all that stuff, but there's an unproven and stuff like that. Dallas is the only option uh, of that crew of saying your main running mate is a young superstar that is not injury prone. We're talking about Luca, obviously. 
you know, Porzingis is, you know, the wild card, and there's injuries with that, obviously. Well, Luca gets – Luca has – how many different random injuries has – Luca just had an x-ray on his left hand like five days ago, and then he hurt his hand again against the, the... – Yeah, but he he's not – there's no, no major injury with that. But your main pitch behind that is Luca and Porzingis and coming to an organization that knows how to win a title. If he's looking at it and saying, hey, I want a new opportunity – to still be a leader of my team and still be able to win, but not be a super stacked super team that he would get credit for of taking to the finals. If they, if Kevin Durant came to Dallas and took Dallas and Luca and Porzingis and they went to the finals and won a championship, that championship would be viewed much different than his Golden State ones, no matter how yeah. good Luca is right now. And now we're not even talking about basketball fit and saying, cause I know some fans right now there, there are probably actual Mavs fans that are saying, I don't want Kevin Durant because he would take the ball out of Lucas hands. Um, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with him taking the ball out of Lucas hands. <laughs> yes. Like how many you, players in the league would you say you're okay with, you know, taking the ball out of Lucas hands? It's like Durant, LeBron, uh, yeah, Luca could. They, Luca would still get his things. Curry. Just watch Giannis. that game the other night, and when Jalen Brunson hits four shots, and that's your second, your second score. Leading. Please, we need you. Would love Kevin Durant. So, uh, oh man. All right, hey, we got it. We got to wrap this up. I know we've went super long. There's your there's your pitch for Kevin yep. Durant to come to Dallas, and um, man. we'll pro- we'll probably make it again this summer before free agency, but. For sure. That's the pitch. It's possible. It's feasible cap-wise, and it's feasible to con- to think that he would even consider the Mavericks, which is awesome. And that's the state of where the Mavericks are, and it's incredible that the future of the Mavericks has changed so rapidly and, and so and you, quickly. And you know the player that Durant grew up watching in the streets of D.C., and I know because I talked to Durant about this, oh, about what? him talking about his boys. Are you kidding me? Playing growing up in D.C. and how they would watch these clips and watch these games of Dirk Nowitzki balling out on TV and they would see this seven-footer shooting threes and how that inspired him and everything. KD, bro, you would get you would get be around Dirk all the time. He's going to stick around. He's going to be with the team and all yep. this stuff. He's going to live in uh, Dallas. Yeah, I mean, that's just the, the cherry on top. So, there, yeah. There you go. That's our tenfold podcast on uh, why Durant should come to Dallas, why he could consider it, and we gave you a dream scenario of an order of events that they could put a team around him. That last question, that team that I I gave you, how far could they go in the playoffs? Oh, well, if Kevin Durant leaves the Warriors, then you're talking about the Warriors being now just Curry, Tom, back to Curry Thompson and uh, Draymond, right? Yeah, Dragic, Luca, Dorian. KD and Porzingis, a healthy Porzingis. Where does that ta- where does that go? You can go Western Conference Finals with that team for sure. Maybe that goes even, to, maybe even that the goes finals. to the final. That goes to the finals. Yeah, you could you could get you could definitely get there. It's feasible. You immediately become a top three top. Let's just say you immediately become a top four favorite to win the title. Yeah, because once you get to the finals, then it's it's all up in the air. I mean, yeah, who knows what the yeah. East teams are going to look like. Anyway, we could keep on going all day. It's but pretty exciting. It's pretty exciting. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, David Locke. I take responsibility for this one. I actually dug into some stuff, notes on this one. We could have done like four podcasts, I think, with this. <laughs> all right. We'll, do, we'll definitely do more. Guys, we appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening to Locked on Maps. Maps at heat tomorrow night. Wade sucks. Boom. Boom.